Hey guys, Derek here on the Blended Podcast. Thanks for joining us for another episode today. Today's a little different. We're kind of jumping in uh, and doing a little mailbag episode, answering some questions and uh, not really sharing any stories other than my own today, which doesn't always get to be shared. Um, So I uh, was divorced in 2016 and remarried in 2018 to start my blended journey. And I have two boys, uh, Zeke, who's 13, Kingston, who's 11. And I have a daughter with my current wife, who is 20 months old. And so we definitely are blended and blended and blended. And you know what? We absolutely love it. And so for me, I think the most rewarding, uh, we were asked, what is the most rewarding part of being in a blended family? And for me, it is seeing how two totally different families now all rally around two boys to make them feel special and to feel loved and to champion and encourage them. Um, It hasn't always been the easiest. If I sat here and said it has, uh, well, that wouldn't be the truth. It'd be far from it. There were some hard days. There were some tears. There were some arguments. There were some conversations to get where we are today. Um, But, you know, I think it speaks a lot to grace and a lot to um, mercy and forgiveness. And I think it also just speaks to the character that we want our boys to have in uh, the way they treat others and the way they handle adversity um, to push through it and to do the right thing. Um, And so for me, the most rewarding part is, you know, we sit together at sporting events at times and cheer them on. Um, We get in group pictures together. We go to school activities um, and, and cheer them on. There's no cold, distant shoulder, and this is my side of the gym, or you can't go to this event. It, it really is welcoming, and, and a lot of that has to do um, with the relationship that my wife has with the boy's mom. Um, they talk a lot. There's a lot of uh, uh, questions and answers and planning and things like that, and I think that really helps for the boys to see that. Um, I know it helps me to see that because – In a blended, um, you know, didn't really know what I was walking into when uh, this journey started. Um, And there's not a lot of help out there. That's the reason we started the podcast was blended families. There's not a lot of help. There's not a lot of podcasts. There's not a lot of anything for anybody, Um, but especially the dads. And I, I really noticed that early on. And so that's why we started this. And so for me, the most rewarding part is, is just seeing how all that happens. Um, it's kind of odd. Uh, I do pastor a, a church and um, most Sundays, uh, my ex-wife and ex-mother-in-law and a whole slew of kids other than my boys come to our church and sit in the pews and worship. And uh, that's pretty rewarding in itself, too, because, um, you know, that was a, a weird thing. Even the boys, they, they grew up in church, but they're their mom and dad would never attend church together again unless it was a special occasion. Um, But we've been able to get to a place in co-parenting and in the blended life um, that has them where they now get to uh, see us at church on Sundays. It's actually our drop-off time. Uh, Their mom drops them off when she comes to church and then I take them home from church. And so they kind of get the full experience of both parents and church. Um, And so that's super rewarding, but I, I know that would not happen if we hadn't been so headstrong on really co-parenting, um, including my wife, and doing what was right for the boys. And so just in general, seeing them be loved on 
And, um, you know, it wasn't their fault. They had no say in it. But to see a bunch of adults really rally together to make them feel loved and special um, is really awesome to me. So one of the questions that stuck out to me, what, what was the hardest part of being blended? Um, and I think for me, we've talked a lot about, especially in the audio only podcast, about um, setting boundaries and how difficult that can be to find the boundaries, to find the holiday stuff. And so for me, I think it was really the, the time that I, I wasn't blended, that the time I was being single dad um, I always thought I was a really good dad. Uh, I mean, could cook, could do laundry, could take care of all the needs, go to the parent-teacher conferences, really involved. But there was just something different in facing these battles alone. Um, I, I know it for me, it started out even the first Sunday that I had to take them to church by myself, get them ready for church by myself, make the drive, make sure they had breakfast. Um, walk them into the kids area and then go sit alone in a sanctuary full of people. That one was probably the most difficult Sunday. Um, but the good news was they got better. You know, the next Sunday we found a routine. We would go get some donuts or we would go get breakfast and we would add things on to even making plans for what happened after church. And so what I, I found was the difficult times really started to re refine and define even uh, the relationship I had with the boys. You know, it's one thing to, to go home at the end of the night and cook dinner for the family. But when you're the only one in the house and one of them doesn't feel well, and maybe one of them's crazy because when this was all happening, my boys were six and four. And so maybe one's Roman crazy, one had a bad day at school, one doesn't feel well, whatever it could be. You still got to cook dinner. You still got to pack lunches. You still got to do laundry, lay out school clothes, help with homework. And you've worked a full day at work and you're tired. And so for me, those were some of the hardest days. And I think they go even deeper to, you know, you don't think about how difficult I mean, you think about how difficult, but you don't really know or understand how difficult it's going to be for the boys um, and the days that they didn't feel well and they missed their mom. Um, and, and during that time, we had found out that my youngest son had a common variable immunodeficiency, which means he doesn't produce antibodies like the rest of us. And we had to give him infusions. And so we had to start that and, and really those were tough times as he cried because he didn't want to be stuck with a needle, but we've got to give him this medicine that makes him better. And it's just me in the house with two boys trying to learn how to not be frustrated, not take a bad day out on them, give the infusion, still cook dinner. Man, there were some nights that once I got them in bed, there were some tears. There was some, Lord, how is this ever going to work out? How am I going to make it through? But I can look back on those hard times and I can think about the struggle uh, the struggle that, you know, your car breaks down and you don't have a vehicle. I mean, there was tons of stories where it just always seemed like you would get three or four steps ahead. Life would be going better. You would think you were figuring something out and then you would have an issue at the school or sickness or the boys having surgery and you're having to care for them because it's your days. And, you know, for me, there was a, a pride there and it wasn't a, a pride where it was like, uh, detrimental to my boys, but there was a pride there of, I'm going to figure this out 
and we're going to be okay. So he's going to come home with me. Uh, I'm going to take some days off from work, and I'm going to make sure that he's cared for, which had never happened because I think in our society uh, that becomes more of a mom role. Um, but as a dad, I kind of prided myself on, nope, I can step up. I can handle this. And so there were some hard days, and I'd love to say that there still aren't hard days of, you know, when schedules get mixed up and they're staying an extra night with you instead of uh, mom's night when they're supposed to be with her or they miss time with you. Those are still difficult and hard times. Uh, But I think that time of being a single dad, that time of living in our townhouse and trying to provide for them and give them that, that stable uh, every evening routine has set us up for so many victories and so many good times and so many memories today that we still look back on and some we laugh at and uh, some we are like, man, we'd love to start that tradition again or we'd love to go back to some of those times. And so though they were hard in the moment and nobody can tell you how to be prepared for them, they definitely have paid off in the end for me and my family. But again, it's not everybody's story. So one question I get asked and and because people know I do this podcast, people know that I'm very vocal about blended lives and co-parenting and the 50-50 and, and making sure that the kids have both parents heavily involved is how do we get to the point that you're at? How do we get to the point that your ex-wife and ex-mother-in-law and you and your family and your wife and your new daughter and all their kids How do you all attend church together? How do you all sit together and cheer your kids on at games? How do you sit and laugh and have conversations in public? How do you get there? Well, I wish I had an answer for them, to be honest with you, every time. I think it's working um, our five truths of being flexible, speaking well, communicating, um, remembering it's all about the kids. I think it's that that nuclear concept of like – really knowing what your truths are going to be and how you're going to co-parent being flexible to change things. Um, but really sticking to it. Um, it's not always been that way. We haven't always sat together at games. We haven't always attended church together. Um, we haven't always sat and laughed after the games. There have been hard times, hard situations. And so for the most part, I think my advice to, especially other men that are going through these seasons is don't give up. Don't stress and think, man, I'm never going to get there. It's literally taking one day at a time, one conversation at a time, making one decision for the best interest of your kids and celebrating those wins and taking another step, you know, handling another situation learning to, to speak at a game, um, learning to, even if you just had, uh, you know, a knockdown drag out over a holiday schedule and now you're at a game, your kids can read your demeanor, your kids can read your face, everybody else there can as well. And, you know, for me as, as a pastor, as a believer, as someone who works in the community, in Christian radio, you know, I've always really probably been blessed to have to look through that lens of how how are other people seeing this situation Um, it really doesn't matter like they have no say but if I'm saying I'm following Christ if I'm supposed to love others like Christ if I'm supposed to uh, set the example for my boys 
then no matter what that conversation that happened through phone or text or hard decision or hurtful situation was brought back up, when we're in front of the boys, when we're, you know, out in public, it's not faking it. It's extending grace. It's putting that conversation on pause to be able to allow your kids to see that everything's okay. Now you might continue that conversation or that hard decision afterwards, not around your kids, not where they can see your demeanor, not when they can see your frustration, but really in that moment, I think it's almost like that social media aspect where everybody on Facebook, you only see the best parts of their lives. And so do I always want to shelter my kids? Absolutely not. Like, do we sit down and have hard conversations and fill them in when they need to know, hey, this holiday is going to look a little different. Here's why. Hey, your sister's first birthday's on this date. You know, we've had to talk about it. We know that your vacation is supposed to start on that date. We've been able to come to an agreement. You're going to come to the party, but it's it might mean a longer time driving for you in a car during the day after you leave a party. And like really understanding when and how to have those conversations with them. Um, I think those are a lot of the keys that I would love to share with people. If you if you gave me a, a TED talk and I only had 10 minutes or whatever to share it, uh, that's, that's the idea of how do you get to a healthy place of co-parenting. And it's setting boundaries uh, together as a co-parent, knowing what you're going to do, understanding your role. And then looking at everything through the lens of people are watching and you're setting an example. You're setting an example for them and their blended life possibly, but you're setting an example for your kids and their friends of how people, even though they have disagreements, even though they might not be on the same page on a lot of things, can still communicate and progress a relationship with their kids or they're, you know, in the sense of we're making the right decisions. We are here championing, supporting them, and really making sure that's the lens you look at it through. Um, because at the end of the day, my identity's in Christ. And if I fail to allow that identity out because of the way I handle situations in public or in front of people, then I'm not only failing Christ, but I'm failing my boys because they need to see at, at the utmost that that has to be number one priority at the at the end of the day. Did I walk today more like Christ and how I treated others and handled situations? So another question uh, would be, what are some of the unexpected blessings um, that I've seen through lend- living the blended life? Um, and a lot of those might not be blessings to other people, but I look at the relationship that my wife has with the boys. And it's special for both of them individually. Um, for my oldest, uh, she is his like confidant. He goes to her with the tough questions. He goes to her to vent, to talk about things, to share things that he usually doesn't come to his mother or I um, and really share. And so knowing that he has that person in his life that he feels comfortable with and confident in, to be able to have those tough conversa- conversations, um, it's been incredible to watch that relationship. Um, and, and then with Kingston, you know, um, his relationship with my wife, like it, it's a special bond. Like she gets him and she can get him to do and achieve things 
uh, maybe that me or his mother can't, you know, uh, if it's picking up, if it's uh, correcting a behavior, like she just has a way of speaking to him and, and really getting through to him. And so I think that would be some of the biggest blessings. Um, you know, obviously my daughter would be probably the biggest blessing of it all. Um, seeing her, uh, I, you know, probably would have never had a daughter um, if it wasn't for being remarried. And uh, I love every minute of being a, a girl dad. Um, it is a totally different experience than it was with the boys. I am definitely a lot older, so that makes it a different experience. Um, but I think that's a huge blessing. But even in that, like seeing, you know, Zeke and Kingston were so close in age, like Zeke's only two years older than his brother. Seeing him learn some of the lessons I wish I would have learned as a kid, like I, I, my sister's nine years younger than me. And so a lot of the lessons that he's learning about being a brother and being a caretaker and nurturer, I did. But uh, with him, there's just, you can see it like this little miniature dad's coming out. And so it excites me one day to be a grandparent, but to know that because of this experience and being blended and all the things that we've had to kind of grow and learn together, like it's going to be prepare him for fatherhood way more than I was ever prepared for fatherhood. So I think those are a couple of the, the big blessings that I've seen um, in this blended life. So one question we always like to ask uh, our guest on here is what's one, what's one thing that they would tell themselves as a younger them? So if I could go back till I was, you know, a young kid and you kind of picture what marriage is going to look like because I had a great example. I was from a, a, a married home that never wavered. Uh, they, they, would, uh, they would argue in front of us. They would work out things in front of us. Uh, it was really kind of open at times and in the way they communicated and, and talked about problems. That was a great thing. I wish I would have paid more attention to that. But I think I would tell myself and give myself the freedom to fail. I think the biggest part um, that that really struggled inside of me and, and really wrecked me for a long time was after the divorce and I'm living this single dad life and I'm struggling through it and I'm trying to figure it all out. Um, the echo of, choir, of the choir behind me saying that I was a bad dad, that I was a failure, that I was a divorced dad. I was damaged goods. I was damaged for future relationships. I was damaged for my boys because I failed them. Um, and now they're living in two homes. And, and I think I would look at myself and I think it would help out in a lot of other areas, but don't be a perfectionist. Like you're going to fail. There are going to be things that you can't figure out. There's going to be things that you struggle to figure out. And then there's things that you know, at the end of the day, you just kind of throw your hands up and go, I have no idea, but we're going to figure something out. And so just giving myself permission to forgive, to allow failure and not allow that to be such a loud voice in my mind, because from day one of we're getting a divorce, probably up until I had been married um, for probably a year or so, that that negative tone of you are a failure you are a bad dad you are a bad husband why do you think this marriage is going to work you couldn't make the first one work uh you uh you are just not going to be cut out for this like that resonating i think at the end of the day probably hindered me from being a better husband or a better dad now it motivated me at times because i wasn't going to be that person 
but I think that's what I would give myself permission to understand at a, a young age. Like no matter what you think it is or how you have this dream life pictured out, if it doesn't work out, it's okay. You failed. Pick yourself back up, move on and make things better. And so the last question we always like to ask is what would you tell somebody else walking where you have walked? And, and for me, it is, I think it has a lot to do with that, that single dad life. Um, for me, that was probably the hardest of the seasons. Um, and if you find yourself there, or if that's where you think you're going to find yourself, like in the moment, life is crazy busy. And it's in the quiet times that you can be really vile to yourself, really negative. Um, and so what I would say is push through and start with forgiveness for yourself first. Um, whether the divorce was 100% your fault or not, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. You are where you are. And so you've got to be able to forgive yourself, uh, forgive the other parent. And that takes time. Um, but I think all of that at the end of the day we can make it through it. Like if we truly are believers and that's where my foundation comes from, like we have to forgive others the way they, we would expect them to forgive us and the way that God forgives us. And so you've got to start with forgiveness because if you wallow around in a, in a world of unforgiveness, lunches are not going to be packed right. Dinner is going, going to be burnt. The soccer jersey is going to not be washed and have grass stains on it. Uh, trash day is going to be missed. Uh, you might end up finding yourself uh, forgetting to make your apartment rent <laughs> and making the payment. Like those things are going to happen. And if you live in a world of unforgiveness for yourself and, and for your ex, then those things are going to not just be, uh, you know, anthills. They're going to become mountains in your life that you can't get past. And so I would start with forgiveness, start finding those boundaries and those truths. And at the end of the day, be cautious of the lens you look through when you're, you're, you are living your life. How do other people see how you're carrying yourself through this situation? Are you a person they look at and go, man, I hope I'm never like that? Or do they look at you and go, man, that's inspirational. If I ever have to walk through this, or if I am walking through this, I want to walk through it more like that. And so those are the places that I would start and Again, I think a lot of it has to do with the voice that you allow to speak to you or the voices that you allow to kind of talk to you and the negative ones got to go. Like you might have been a bad dad. You might not have been the best dad. You might have been the greatest dad. Those voices are going to still try to break you down. Um, and so for me, it's to, to find someone that will encourage you, someone that will speak truth to you and remind you how to continue along this journey. Because at the end of the day, the kids didn't ask for it, but they are going to be asking for you to be present and for you to be the best you that you can be so that you can love them well and set the example that they need. Hey, thanks for joining us uh, for another episode of the Blended Podcast. Hopefully you got something out of the madness of the mailbag today from me. Um, we appreciate you tuning in. We'd love for you to comment in the section below. Uh, maybe you've got more questions we can answer or topics that you'd love to hear us talk about uh, more in depth from this episode. Uh, don't forget to hit subscribe, turn on the bell so that you're notified when we put up the new podcast every month. Navigating life as a mom or a dad in a blended family can be a real challenge. But working together with God's help, there are strategies that work and ideas to cope. 
Blended is a podcast hosted by dad and pastor Derek Withrow, designed as real help for the 40% of families with kids from a previous marriage. Make it your next download on Apple, Google, or wherever you listen.